0: Welcome to the Men Up Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Christian Shabu. I'm Drew Chin. Will Van Dyke.
1: Lamar Womble.
0: And together, we are the four guys here for The Level Up through conversations on current events, uh, leadership, and topics that matter not just for this moment, but can look to the future to build momentum. It is so great to have you all with us. And we are here at sort of the start of November. uh, And it is a time, obviously, we are getting into the fall here is also a time for us to celebrate uh, men's health a little bit. So we have been focusing on that for the last several episodes. And it just so happens that this is a month where you might also be participating, much like ourselves in something like Movember, or No Shave November. So y'all can't see it here on the podcast. But we have Four gentlemen that are committed here to November and No Shave November. We have different versions of a standalone mustache. We got the mustache with the beard. We've got a beautiful mustache on Will's face. And then Drew, uh, you're going clean shaven right now, but maybe we can convince you to grow that standalone stash, which would be fantastic. That's our goal for this episode.
1: This is as good as it's going to get.
2: 30 days later, it's still going to look the
1: same. And also, let's be, let's be real. Like standalone mustache, fantastic or creepy?
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, all right. Well, we're going to get into this. I'm interested to know from y'all, what is your favorite facial hair situation or setup, right? Not the default one, because let's be clear that for some of us, you know, maybe you have to stay clean-shaven for a job, uh, or there's just like a certain look that you've just been in so long, you're like, that's just my default. But what's been your favorite facial hair situation? And I'm just going to start it off, Lamar. As much as I am pretty clean-shaven most of the time, Uh, my favorite is actually the standalone mustache. I got my little starter kit. I got my, you know, week's worth of mustache right here that y'all can't see on the pod, but I'm really excited for the standalone.
1: You know, I, 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 you said not to tell you the default, but the default is like, where is my favorite? Like that is kind of where I, where I live. It's, it's either very full beard, full mustache, goatee, clean cut, or it's, Full beard, full mustache, looking like a straight wildebeest, and ridiculous.
3: I
0: wouldn't go as I'm far t- to say you're a wildebeest. Will, what do you got? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm typically rocking a beard. I mean, the mustache for me is, uh, I think, unique to this uh, moment in time. I saw a lot of people growing out their quarantine beards. As soon as I saw all that, I said, well, if they're zigging, I'm gonna zag.
1: Absolutely, and uh, nice.
3: and so then then the mustache emerged and you know it's led us right into to Movember. So I think it's uh it's gonna stick around for a little while.
0: Drew, what about you? I mean, we we know that you know maybe it's because the facial hair just doesn't come in as powerfully for you. But like, what what has <laughs>
2: powerful is one way of saying it. <laughs> right.
0: I, I was trying to, I was trying to find the right adjective, and I just found. I just I, I imagine the little hair follicles, just real power behind
2: the mustache coming through. <laughs> so, I guess the default, desired default I'd like would be a full beard, but that, that's just not connecting. Uh, the best I can get is probably a stash and a little line goatee like the one I had in college. Hey. And uh, I will oh, say. Oh, I forgot about that, Drew. Yeah, this is not going to last long.
0: I want to start us off with our pep talk like we do every week. Our pep talk here on the Men Up podcast is all about uh, what is a way that we can start off this episode. And whenever you're listening to it, your day, your week, uh, a little bit of inspiration and motivation. I believe that when we take care of our health, our physical, our mental, emotional health, we can actually find our greatest source of strength and power. So I've been thinking about the last couple weeks and months leading up to the election or just the time that we're in. And I think a lot of times what I'm hearing is people searching for where can I find my power? And they're searching in all these outside sources or they're searching for this one leader or whatever the case may be. But actually I think so much of the power and strength we can develop for ourselves, cultivate from ourselves can be when we take our health into our own hands. I recognize that that can mean on one end, resources and our accessibility to those resources. But I also do think even through these episodes that we've had, the first couple episodes of the Men Up podcast, uh, we've offered up some ways that even if you don't have full access to healthcare or to certain types of doctors, there are still plenty of ways, whether it's mindfulness or it's eating the right foods or just drinking water regularly. like These are things that are significant steps that you can take in cultivating your health and ultimately finding your power. And with that, uh, we are going to get into our main topic for the day. So, every time with the Men Up Podcast, we like to have a topic that we are digging into. And this week's topic is wrapping up our physical health journey here on the Men Up Podcast, at least here in season
1: one. And Lamar, I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. So, we're going to be talking about body image issues as it relates to men in our country and in our circles and and people that we know. And so for me, this relates directly to mental health, but also the need for outlets to share how you're feeling and how things impact and land on you. Um, and so I'll say this, just to kind of start this conversation off. As a man for myself, there's two things that I've always been insecure about, Uh, one, getting ready to be bald or balding or losing my hair, Uh, and two is man boobs. And those have been the two things. And and one thing that I know in, in guy group chat and banter is that there's a lot of times where people will poke fun at you for maybe losing hair or having man boobs and my rebuttal and response always is, is that I know what my insecurities are. I don't need you to remind me that I'm balding or that you know my, my chest looks soft or whatever the thing is, right? And trying to bring us to a level of consciousness where we have empathy and understanding for how people already view themselves and how can we check ourselves before we say things to people like that that really could hurt their feelings or bring them down or make them even more insecure
0: lamar how long have those two things been a concern for you
1: the the balding a lot less because maybe when i moved to new york city i grew my hair out and i was able to do some things with my hair that i had never done like have a mohawk and i was super excited about that so that was a lot less but what started happening is as i grew my hair out more the, the middle of my head was starting to not grow as much as the rest of it around. So I'm like, oh, the time is coming where my hair is starting to thin. I feel like I'm losing it or I can't grow it out. So I have to keep it shorter. Uh, but now that I've done that, like I feel a lot more confident with that. But in terms of my weight and like how my chest looks or how my nipples look or whatever, it's been a thing probably since 25 where I felt like I gained a lot of weight and have not been able to lose it. And it just depends how much I lift or don't lift it will depend on like how hard my chest is or isn't. Um, but it's something I always think about cause I got, I got big nips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so like, what does it look like in a t-shirt? What does it look like in a, in a uh, tank top? What does it look like when I have my shirt off on the beach? Like these are all things that I think about that I'm going to do it anyway, but like, they can't hold you back from not not giving a fuck you know what i mean the
3: the nipple thing is actually something that i when you mentioned it that's actually something that i had too which is that they it's it is more prominent i would say than i would like and it's sort of like one of those scenarios where we it multiple guys growing up had uh not picked on but like picked out like the the variations of of dudes nipple sizes including mine it it's a thing that I didn't I didn't think about really but I'm glad that there's there's somebody else out there that has that too growing up I did body image issues were not a thing for me like I just I didn't have them but image issues for sure like the way I look matter you know glee to me but um, but in terms of how my body looked, it really wasn't that until you mentioned that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, actually, I got I got a lot of comments about those. <laughs> growing up. Certainly a shift is happening, though, as a grown adult man in his late 30s that, you know, tightening things up is so much harder. And the image issues have shifted dramatically to the physical. Like, it, it really just has.
1: Yeah, and well, I think too, and I think for me, bringing to light as, as we want for men is that there's a lot of men that actually think about these things and don't have, how embarrassing is it to talk to another guy about, your man, you know, your, 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 you thinking your chest is too soft or like, uh, how, how and, and what men try to do is we try to play it off on women. Like like it's just a woman thing with comparing your body to, to other people. Um, and so I just think those two things also become interesting inside of that conversation of, of body image issues for, for men.
2: You know, so interesting, Lamar, Will, and me never met until this year. And we met via Zoom calls doing a previous podcast. So I say this because, you know, I really like what Lamar, you said of, you're sharing something that was really sensitive to you and, and still is. And then, you know, Will is coming in saying like, oh, wait, I didn't realize that. I have that too. And what struck me is that when people care about you, right, you can share like those insecurities mm-hmm. and you embrace that. And you also know, like, I won't go there, meaning if I'm going to get on your shit. If I'm going to tease you, like those are, you don't go there. Exactly. That is the box in the ocean territory. Don't touch that. Exactly. But when we don't know people, you know, we're, and we're trying to like, just, um, you know, joke around and whatnot, we could hit that. We could strike a nerve and that sets the relationship just different, you know? So it was cool in real time to model, like, look, if you can, if you can build that kind of, um, relationship and trust, You can bond around it. And then you also set that precedent of like, yeah, we only bring that up in K. We're not gonna tease each other on that because that's just gonna damage our relationship.
1: This is why I also think this is like a mental health conversation because you know, we sit with our insecurities and you know, some people have enough courage to call out in a group or amongst friends and say, Yeah, I don't I don't play that way. Don't do that. And then there's a lot of people that go along to get along because it's like they don't wanna be you know, Mr. PC guy, or they don't want to be uh, the sensitive guy. And what happens is, is that you, you keep that, those feelings to yourself and you don't really share them with anyone. And I had a, a old roommate who really taught me like, no, if it's not working for you, you announce it because all you got to do is check somebody one time and they'll stop. Because they're not, they either don't know and they're not expecting it. And so I remember I was giving my old roommate a hard time. And I don't know what it was, but like we were just like, you know, guy talk, bullshit banter. And he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really play like that. Don't, don't, you can do that. Just don't deal with me. And I was like, I had so much respect for that because I was just like, oh, got it. You know what I mean? Like I, and I won't. And doing it in a vulnerable way is probably even the more powerful. Uh, you know which but it's also harder Uh, but he just kind of did it in the moment which is also equally as powerful because people aren't expecting it and they feel bad and they should
3: we could certainly dovetail a lot of this conversation into just the way that you know growing up people are just fucking mean to people (laughs) and uh, yes yes and and you know I'm certainly guilty of it myself Uh, so I'm not saying that I'm not complaining about you know, how people are mean to me necessarily, but like, it's, it becomes a real thing when, yeah, you you reach a tipping point uh, in, in your level of comfort with either a group of people or just societal in general that, you know, you're either comfortable in your skin or you're not. And I think some of the conversation I'm about now is like, I'm a lot, it's a lot easier for me to have a conversation like this now, as a grown adult, because I've got sort of self awareness to be like, all right, here's the things that I'm either vulnerable or not. It's, this is also a good sp- space for us to, you know, share insecurities and vulnerabilities and certain things like that. But then, you know, just having the honest self awareness and 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 sort of um, self current self assessment that you're like, yeah, you know, body image issues were a problem for sure. I, do they weigh the same on me now as they did back then too? Because that was it. That was all that there was, you know, you like, you put a hierarchy, you're sort of like image standing and social standing was so weighted towards the way you looked and the way you acted and the way you interacted with other people. Now it's like, I'm not that that's down the list. Cause it's like marriage, kids, you know, extended family, community school like you work like you've got so many other things that have sort of slid on top of it too that like it makes this type of conversation so much easier to have because I'm and and this might be naive of me because again I'm I'm coming from this and in perspective of like where it, it yeah. certainly mattered but it I did not ever consider it an issue so I, I guess maybe then this is a tee up too to be like if it mattered more to you guys when you were growing up, is it still at the top of the list of things that you're like worried about, or is it, is it, is it moving down the list because you've got so much other stuff on your plate?
0: It's still at the top. Right. And I think that part of that is, uh, having a bit of a fat kid complex from when I was younger, right? Like, which was like elementary and middle school. I think by high school, when we were in high school together, will like by that time started to like, you know, just thin out because of sports, because of growing, all that kind of stuff. Right. But there was a complex there from when I was younger that like still exists today. Right. It is part of what drives me being like really physically fit and healthy now. Right. And, and, have done a lot of work on it too. Right. And, and, but even, you know, I can remember the moment where like, I just realized how ridiculous, you know, some of those things that we, we build in our mind, the stories we build in our mind around our our body image, like how ridiculous they are. I was in a, I was in a bar uh, near where Drew and I went to college near Quinnipiac place called side street. It was like the year after I graduated college and was there with a bunch of friends. And I remember a friend of ours, mm, not really a friend, an acquaintance. Because I, because I, fuck I don't, really, oh, I really don't <laughs> like. Because <laughs> I really don't like.
3: Where's the story going?
0: Is where right. The, the story is exactly going to fuck that guy. Uh, so, so he's an acquaintance. <laughs> Absolutely. And Drew, you're gonna know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, and so, so we're sitting there, and it's like you know, it's happy hour, whatever, having drinks, getting wings, whatever. And at that point, like I'm, I'm a thin guy, I'm a fit guy, right? And in my head, though, like I still have these these problems of like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm fat. I need to do all the things I need to to be skinny, right? Like I would count calories like from beers and wings and shit. Like I did that throughout all of my teens and 20s, right? And then this guy was just like, I can't remember what our conversation was. But he's like, oh, we got to get some meat on you. You're too thin. And in my head, like it just clicked. It was like, holy shit, I'm fighting this battle with myself saying that like I'm always going to be too heavy. And the outside world, which at one point was telling me I was too heavy, is now saying I'm too thin, like, you can't win, right? And, and the point there just became like, I need to do some work on undoing a lot of that story, right? Because whatever happened when I was younger and the story built up around body image, like, A, wasn't true, but like, it had built up such a bigger narrative than what was actually there.
2: I think the reality is body image resets every single phase of life, every single environment, every new group you come into, and, You know, Shabu just gave a great example of here's what it was, you know, from growing up, but it can also stay with you. You know, because think about it. Like We went through high school and then college. And again, it's impression. Right. And then you you meet a new group of friends again. Let me make my best impression. But now look at now, like you start a new job, you get a new role on a new team. It's like I just want to look right. For me, because everyone else is gone, you know, my biggest body image struggle in the past and still today was adult acne, or is adult acne. And to be honest, like it was shabu as one of my you know relationships, like my best friend in college, being like, "Dude, I don't, I don't notice it," and I'm like, "That's all I see." And it wasn't then again until my girlfriend at the time like embraced me, like I don't look at that, like you're worrying way too much about that. My wife says the same exact thing. And the reason I share this is, you know, we talked about like Movember and and shaving. Like I have to be clean shaven and I have to apply face cream, you know. Otherwise I'm just the acne's gonna come back and I don't want that. But I now operate out of being loved, right, by my wife because she's like, whatever, you know, like it's gonna be fine. But I do think as we look in other environments and reset, like we do need to find those relationships where you can kind of air out and be like. Yeah, I'm struggling with this. And I don't know how that emerges. I'd love to hear you guys like hear that because like maybe that's around the water cooler. Maybe it's at happy hour. You know, it's not like you sit around in a circle and like, my name's Drew. I have adult acne. Yeah, that that doesn't happen
3: with most. Right, a
0: That's a new form of AA, acne
3: anonymous. New form,
0: new form.
1: You know, just like anything else that you don't want to do or you don't want to say. Uh, for me, one of the best ways to hold myself accountable for doing things like that, like A, I know it's going to take time, right? I can't expect to build up the courage in a day or two days or a week. It might take me a month. It might take me a year to build up the courage to have certain conversations with certain people um, and saying that's okay. One. Two is once you do have the courage to tell people, telling as many people as you can that you're comfortable with, So that now then there's an accountability that is being created from your words to them and them indirectly holding you accountable for what you say you want to do or who you want to be and for me that's always been the two things that i do to to kind of lean into difficult things that happen in life uh being you know talking about the body image issues and insecurities that you might have it takes practice to share those things and and to talk to people about it and so you know, continuing to put yourselves in position to do that.
0: One, I wonder how much of it too, is to allow ourselves to get past the awkwardness of talking about the male body, right? Because there is an awkwardness, I think, societally, because we just don't talk about it. Like, at least in my experience, like just don't talk a lot about it. And I, I think about even just the conversation, how we started off here today, right? Lamar, you brought up you know, addressing man boobs and talking about nipples. I got to be honest, like this conversation, or at least the beginning of this conversation were the most times I heard the word nipple related to men ever uttered in a conversation with men. And like, and that honestly, like even as a group, I was watching us like, you know, we either smiled a little bit or like for myself, like chuckled a little bit internally. Right. And part of that is not that it's funny what you were talking about, but it's awkward. Right. Like, because we just don't have the conversation. So allow ourselves to get past that initial awkwardness so that we can get to the vulnerability,
1: which is why it's so connected to our mental health and our anxieties and uh, insecurities. Think about how many people sit with this. They just sit with it. And I think the kind of the societal expectation is, is that you just kind of figure it out and you get over it. Yeah. And that's what most people do or they, they try to do or they hide it or they cover it up or they suppress it. And it's like, th- that is not what we want people to do. Right, it's its the opposite of what you need to do, but wh- when is the space safe enough, particularly as men and in groups of men to say something like that, not be ostracized, criticized, uh, but mo- but be taken in with open arms and understanding.
3: When, when you guys are um, thinking about your body, Image issues too, and stuff like that like you is it a is it fear based like what's the underlying emotion that kind of is conjured up there too?
2: It's fear and it comes from that place of not looking right to be enough, you know whatever the qualifications are and the funny thing is they're probably invisible or I'm setting that standard you know so that still applies even in the workplace, right if I see a leader who looks you know really slick in a suit I'm like my suits don't fit that way <laughs> you know so someone's like well go get a tailored She's like I'm not gonna spend money and get a tailored suit like I'm going
1: to the men's warehouse right so many of us like to think that we don't care what people think but like I definitely do um, and so for, for, for me I know that's a part of it but also I know on the same token is that like people aren't that worried about me you know what i mean especially when you're on the beach or if you're taking a run in the park like there's so many people there like nobody like no one i'm not that special you know what i mean and so then it becomes just a a a personal preference of how you want to present yourself and just you know trying to trying to be better do better
0: for me like it absolutely is fear of like going back to a to a feeling that i had as a kid right like that that in my mind like i've identified as like trauma, not just around like physical appearance and weight and stuff like that, but other trauma too, but it's sort of, sort of all connected together. And I remember what that felt like physically, emotionally, and things like that. And so as an adult, I'm like, I, I don't want to go back to that, right? And so I think that for me, uh, at least like trying to maintain a really strong uh, image of, of myself and my body is, is based in that. I remember what it felt like, and I don't want to feel like that again it's interesting like so much of what we're uncovering here is like there's the work that you have to do in order to have the the outward physical appearance that you want but so much of it too is the internal work and the story that you're telling yourself and how do you
3: undo some of the negative stories so that you can tell a positive story yourself to a certain extent what I described before where it's like it's taken just such a back seat is a bit of a is is a bit of a burial right of the issue because it's hit so many things but at the same time when i assess it i'm not it doesn't invoke any sort of emotion necessarily to it right now so i i do think that i can acknowledge it i can work on it and then for me i in terms of tips on body image i'm probably the last person sort of because i haven't necessarily at least at least my self-assessment i haven't uh overcome any of it because it, it didn't, I
1: didn't see it as a thing. What i mentioned about my hair and like man boobs, like this is just something that I kind of work through on a day to day. It doesn't really hold me back from much, but I think about it and that's probably the thing. I think about it probably too much, but it doesn't hold me back from like doing, you know, living my general life. It will hold me back from taking my shirt off in the park. It will hold me back from, uh you know, maybe choosing to wear a hat one day or not. But to me, those are like that's my. I don't need to have my shirt off in the park. Doesn't matter if I wear a hat or not. You know what I mean. So it will it will change my behavior in that way. Uh, but emotionally, I think we all just need to be more aware. A lot of this conversation is people being in their own head about how they feel about themselves. So I definitely think that uh, mantras and uh, you know, putting up quotes and things to remind you that you are good enough, that you are attractive enough, that you believe in yourself. Like I do believe in those things, uh, in repetition in doing that, uh, can, you know, speaking it into existence, those types of things. Um, also I will say getting a coach, a life coach, a counselor, a health coach, fitness coach, all those things also help for the individual. On the back end, and this is where I said I, we started, is that as a person engaging in communication with other people, especially ones that you care about, you need to open your fucking eyes and just be more aware of the things that you say to people and when and how. And I think at the end of the day, that is just a, a another lesson in empathy and understanding and just being more aware.
2: I think a really powerful quote that's been told to me and, and helps is comparison is the thief of joy. And when you compare to something else or someone else, like you're, ro- you're robbing yourself, depriving yourself of the joy of where you're at. The second thing I want to say, tags on a little bit to what Lamar said and circles all around this conversation, get yourself a partner, a friend, a group where you can dive in and they're part of your process to overcome stuff. And what I mean by that is, you know, take this group, for example, like we are emerging over time as four friends that now can share things because let me be clear, like what people care about is your performance, but they don't see the behind the scenes work. You all don't see our text threads. You all don't see the independent calls we're making. And I love what Lamar said about a coach, same thing here. Get a group where you get right so that when you're ready to go to the beach, you know and that person if it's Lamar is like i i'm thinking about my man boobs and like taking off my shirt that group can talk to you and be like hey so you know what are you thinking about next week or you know how are you feeling and then that group can also celebrate the successes and let me be clear the successes in the choices in the moment not just the end Shabu, what do you got one, how do
0: you deprioritize your physical appearance and prioritize your health over that? And then if you're talking about improving your health, it is always about consistency over time will get you the results that you want, right? Mm. And that's a mantra for life, but like particularly, like if you're really driven for that outward physical appearance, just remember it's consistency over time. So if you're feeling like, you know, my chest isn't where it needs to be, okay. Remind yourself that you need to get to the gym a couple of days this week, right? Whatever it is. If you are consistent enough with that thing, you will get the results that you want. What we like to do every week is make sure that we are leaving each other and the audience with resources, inspiration, and motivation to get into action. And we love to call this segment the Outlet Pass because it is paying homage to our foundations as a team around basketball. And so I'm going to kick us off this week. Uh, Lamar, this actually builds a little bit upon the thing that you were talking about, about being concerned about your chest and if you're feeling like you got man boobs and whatnot. I have recently found a really great workout. That's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I can't remember where it came from. Maybe we did it during basketball season or something at one time or, or during some athletic experience in my younger years. But if you just get a deck of cards and you go through one card at a time and keep going through and you do whatever that number is that comes up, Uh, You do the number of exercises, so if it's push-ups, which is what I like to go to, or if you're doing squats or sit-ups, you you can pick out whatever activities you want to do, but you go through the entire deck of cards and see uh, how long it takes you to get through right? And give yourself that time. If it takes 40 minutes, cool. If it takes an hour and 20 minutes, cool. But what's really cool about it is that it's never too many reps where it feels exhausting, but you end up putting in around 450, 500 reps, and it gets you tight and gets you where you want to be to the community anytime you want to do it dm me i will gladly do the playing card workout with you drew what about you
2: i'm going to shout out dr Brene brown's book the 10th anniversary of the gifts of imperfection it's uh it's a book lined up with like 10 guideposts for what she calls wholehearted living and but what i like about it is it's it tells you this format of you know let go of and instead cultivate this so quick example you know letting go of comparison cultivate creativity or letting go of what people think and cultivate authenticity
3: i'm so glad that drew left off on the word authenticity because i think some of what i was going to talk about was social media right and the images we see in social media instagram and all that kind of stuff i find myself the, the probably the biggest clickbait for me is when one of those influencers says oh my whole image is bullshit here's the behind the scenes of how i got this perfect pose or whatever i it's it's like it is uh it's the starburst of it's the candy of my social media experience where it's like i'm gonna eat that up every time because it it is fascinating to me it's it's all all bullshit on there and and it's just and hashtag shout out to the authentics out there but seriously it a lot of it is just garbage that is you know not authentic and in and, and i think it's harmful in a lot of ways because people look up to people who seem to have done it quote unquote the right way but really they're just normal people who have figured out a uh, angle that they look best in and it's and it really i think in some cases can be just so uh, d- disastrous and dangerous for people's body image issues and those sort of things too. So, everything that is consumed on social media should be taken with a grain of salt. In any
1: of your groups of friends or where you spend most of your time socializing, to to recognize, you know, when these types of things are happening inside of your your groups and and really being a stand for uh, against you know, bringing people down in that way and lifting people up and and just paying more attention.
0: Well, gentlemen, thank you all so much. That is it for today's episode. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. And if you like what you heard, if you're leaving with a level up, we ask that you come back again. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And while you're at it, leave a review and share with your community so that we can all rise and thrive together. And until next time, while we are no experts, we are the four guys looking forward for all. And this is the Men Up Podcast. We'll see you
3: all next time.